The Cardinals have one of the top prospects in all of baseball in their camp. If he does make this team, what are the repercussions for the rest of this roster? This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Happer, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. You can also follow the podcast at L.O. underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. If you like the visuals instead, Head on over to YouTube. We're there as well. Like, subscribe, and comment so you can interact with us. Hit that notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, our last episode, we uh, brought up that the Cardinals are having a competition for the starting center field job between Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, and Lars Newbar. Now, one of the reasons that the team would be doing this is to make sure that they're fielding the best team available. All right, they're doing that. And if the team is better by having, say, O'Neill or Newton center and moving Carlson back to right field or put him over in left field, then so be it. Whatever's best for the team. That's what you want to do. And I argued in that episode that in my eyes, the team is better with the way it was set up last year. I like having O'Neill in left, Carlson in center, and Newton right field. O'Neill, when healthy, has proven that he's an elite left fielder. He's got two gold gloves to prove that already. Carlson, at least last year with more opportunities in center, was a better center fielder than he was a right fielder last season. And then you have Newt, who's also a plus defender and has uh, the best arm out of all three of them. He fits well in right field, seems to be where he belongs, so that he can make those long throws to third base when there's, you know, balls hit down the line and, and first or in the gap, and he can try to, you know, get guys out of third base to cut them down, trying to take the extra base. Um, one thing I, I touched on, but I didn't, I didn't really go full in on was this. What happens if Jordan Walker makes this team? It was brought up in a, in a lot of the comments, you know, tell me about Walker. What, what, what's his role in all of this, which is so, like I mentioned, I, I mentioned him. I was like, you know, if, uh, Jordan Walker makes this team, you got to think about that too. But today we're going to dive a little more into it because if Jordan Walker makes this team, he's not going to be right in the pine. You know, <laughs> that's for sure. It would be foolish to bring up a 20-year-old onto this roster and just have him sit instead of play. You also don't want him as a platoon guy either. If you're going to bring him up, then he needs to be on the field as much as possible. You don't want him taking, I don't know, 20 at-bats a week. You want more than that out of him or you're just wasting him. And you're hoping that uh, what happened to Nolan Gorman last year doesn't happen to Walker this year. If you remember, Gorman came up after he absolutely destroyed AAA pitching. Hit 308, 15 home runs, 23 RBIs in 35, uh, 34 games at AAA. And we had a, a very, very bad Paul DeYoung on this roster at the time. 
struggling mightily, and they decided to pull up Gorman. What was the point of having Paul DeYoung continue to take terrible at-bats and strike out, not do anything at all offensively, when you've got this kid at Memphis tearing the cover off the ball? So they brought him up on May 19th, and in his first full month, he gets 92 plate appearances. Then in July, goes down a little bit, falls down to 82. Then in August, goes back down a little bit more. We're down to 71 at bats. Then he plays full-time until September 11th, and after that, he makes starts on the 17th and the 18th before getting sent back down. Essentially, it was a week that he didn't play. He didn't see the field. He was just sitting on the bench. You don't want that to happen. You're hoping you don't have something similar go on with Walker this year. Gorman's production, yes, it started to fizzle. Ended up losing playing time to Brendan Donovan for good reasons, too. It's not like Nolan Gorman was being punished or anything like that. Cardinals were in a chase for the division title. Brendan Donovan was giving them the better chance to win each day. Brendan Donovan got to play more. Ollie has never shone away from the fact that he said, I'm going to play the best nine. We're going to have the people out on the field who are giving us the best chance to win every day. It doesn't matter what the name is on the back of your uniform. So realizing that Gorman was just rotting on the bench that week, they finally sent him down to Memphis so he could at least play um, because he's not getting any better just sitting around. So if they do with Walker what they did with Gorman, and that was play him a lot right away, then that means some things will have to be shuffled when it comes to the outfield. At some point or another, you will probably see all three of O'Neill, Carlson, and Newbar play center field. It's probably going to happen. Uh, there will be injuries. It's going to happen. There will be pitching and hitting matchups that favor certain guys. Remember, Walker has only played in the outfield for one year. Right field is the spot that they have him playing so you would think that's where they're going to put him I don't think they're going to move him over to left field they might but right field seems to be the spot where they are most comfortable having him and again he's got a a cannon of an arm as well so putting him in right field is good for the defense so that means you have those other three guys and O'Neill Carlson and Newbar playing left and center field mostly somebody's got to sit down there's also the DH spot that they can all rotate in as well um, but let's just right-handed pitcher on the mound for the other team. Maybe you come out with a lineup that has O'Neill in left, Carlson in center, because he's a switch hitter, and hopefully he can hit right-handers this year. Uh, Lars in right field, and then you have Gorman as the DH with Donovan at second base. But if you don't want Walker sitting, instead you would have Walker in right field, Newt or O'Neill in center, and whoever's not playing center goes over to left field, and then there's Dylan Carlson, who's on the bench. Um, against lefties, if you want a righty strong lineup, you go O'Neill in left, Carlson in center, Walker in right, and have Yepes as your DH. Obviously, there are different combinations that you can use, like putting O'Neill in center, Carlson in right field, Yepes in left, and then Walker as your DH. Or maybe you have moments where O'Neill needs a day off. That's going to happen. And it's Yepes in left, Carlson in center, Walker in right. And you could put Newton left with Yepes as the DH if you want to, because Newt is better defensively. Just because he's facing a left-handed pitcher that day doesn't mean he can't be in the lineup. I mean, these guys are paid to hit these guys, but it's going to happen where you have Newt Bar in the lineup against a left-hander. I mean, you could toy around with 
uh, a, a ton of these combinations. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. But like I said earlier, depending on health and slumps, at some point you will probably see all three of these guys playing in center field and even more so if Jordan Walker is on this team, whether it's out of camp or uh, at some point down the road. Now, yesterday, or I should say last episode, I asked you to tell me who you'd like the outfield to look like. How, how would you put it all together if you were filling out the lineup card? And I've got those responses. Plus, where does Jordan Walker rank as far as rookie of the year candidates? We're going to talk about these things coming up next on Locked on Cardinals. The midway point of the NBA season is here. In fact, the teams are going to be back from the All-Star break and in action tonight. So if you're a fantasy basketball player, make sure you get your lineup set and ready to go. But now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure. It's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and uh, three-pointers drained. If you want to be like me, do the smaller bets. You can bet on things like how that first bucket of the game is going to get scored. You can choose between dunks and three-pointers and layups and free throws. Uh, the FanDuel does the the cool thing where they let you combine all your smaller bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay, which is a whole lot of fun because it's like, okay, I've got this. Now I need this. And you just keep watching. It just makes the game more intense if that's what you're looking for. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash Locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Locked on MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is who I want you to check out next because he is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I know he was doing something with uh, Sully, who uh, does the Locked on MLB podcast, and he was talking about rookie of the years and stuff that we're going to talk about right now, but uh, they, they just put out a new episode. So if you want to uh, see what they had to say about Jordan Walker, you can do that. But um, yesterday I posted up that question about filling out the lineup card. How do you want the outfield to look if you were the manager? And um, here are some of the responses that we got. We'll start with Thomas Kettner says, Tyler playing center makes sense if Dylan falters offensively compared to Walker. Lars goes to left and Walker to right. Okay. Uh, Timothy Williams says Carlson has a good glove and a, a good track on the ball. Does not have anywhere near the range of uh, Bader. Nobody does really. New bar would be better in center field. The real question is whether Carlson will ever be much of a hitter. We cannot continue to have a whole outfield that bats 230. If we do, we will go nowhere in 2023. Um. I mean, you could still win if you guys are hitting 230, but you don't want that. What, I, what I'm starting to pick up on, though, going through these responses, the assumption by most uh, here is that Carlson is the one who is doomed to failure this season. People are pretty down on Carlson after what we saw last year. Um, but what if he's not the one who fails? What if Carlson bounces back, but it's not him? You know, Carlson was your top prospect, uh, what, three years ago, four years ago? I mean, the skill set is there. I don't think he just sucks all of a sudden. Lars Newbar was never one of your top prospects, and most people didn't even know who the hell he was until last year. And everybody is putting a lot of faith in Lars Newbar. But what if Lars is the guy who doesn't quite live up to the expectations that people are putting him at this year? 
Because people are putting him on this pedestal that is like one of the top outfielders in all of baseball. And it's bizarre to me because last year, although he was good, I don't, where was all this superstar type of skill set when he was in the minors? How come nobody ever talked about him? And I know he's made some adjustments to his swing and whatnot. I'm not against Lars Newfire, don't get me wrong. But what if Lars is the guy who doesn't live up to the expectations uh, and falls short? Say, because um, here's the thing. If Dylan Carlson hits 228 with 14 home runs and 40 RBIs, aren't you going to be disappointed and say that's a bad year? Because that is what Newpark's numbers were last year. 228, 14 home runs, 40 RBIs. Granted, his OPS plus, very, very good. 126. So you love to see that. I'm just saying I'm not ready to throw in the towel on Dylan Carlson just yet. Same way I'm not ready to throw in the towel and punt on Nolan Gorman after one year, after just a few months. And a lot of people seem to be ready to move on from Nolan Gorman already. And I think that's that's ludicrous. Um, if Carlson has the same issues as he did last year and isn't injured, then, yeah, we got a problem. <laughs> We've definitely got a problem. Good thing is, if he doesn't hit righties, well, you, again, have guys like Nude, O'Neal, Walker, and Burleson, and Moises Gomez, and all these other guys who hopefully can hit righties to choose from. So that's a good problem to have. Uh, let's do one more here. Uh, Gnostic X. Gnostic X brings up some pretty good points here as well. Here's what uh, Gnostic says. I think the Cardinals are testing O'Neill's versatility because once Walker comes up, and he will, there will be a trade. If the Cardinals can show that O'Neill can also play center field in addition to left field, his trade value goes up. If Newt keeps up the torrid pace he was on at the end of last season, the Cardinals are almost certainly going to want to keep him more than O'Neill or, Carl or Carlson if it means they can somehow make a trade for solid pitching. And um, I'm on board with this. I, I think that's a great way to look at it. Uh, showcasing that the players that you have at a position you have the most depth at is a great idea. Because if when you do want to make a move and make a trade, those players become all that more appealing when they can play other positions and, and play them really, really well. I, I see no problems in any of that whatsoever. Uh, the other great thing about Nupar, um, you know, O'Neill is coming to the end of his time with arbitration. He's going to need a bigger contract. Uh, so if you were going to move on from Tyler O'Neill, Newbar is pretty cheap. <laughs> you know, he's, he's very, very cheap. So that would make sense to ship Tyler O'Neill, showcase him that he can do all of these extra things and stay healthy and maybe move him to make a trade as much as that would pain me because I love me some Tyler O'Neill. But I understand it. I understand the move for the organization. And I've said before, I think what the plan is for the Cardinals this season is to use these extra assets, if they can, at the trade deadline to acquire the bigger pieces they need if they are in contention for a playoff spot around the trade deadline in August. Uh, if they can get that, that ace that they need, they'll have plenty of ammo to do it. Uh, once again, thank you for all the responses. As always, you know, love to have the discussions with you on the YouTube page under the uh, comments section. And uh, I love the fact that you know, everybody keeps it pretty light. We don't get all angry and start screaming at each other. Some people get a little aggressive, but hey, you're passionate about what you think. And uh, I appreciate that. We're going to talk more about Jordan Walker, though, since uh, he's the prize prospect and seems to be on the uh, the lips of a lot of people right now. MLB.com put out their top rookie of the year candidates, and Walker is on the list. I'll tell you where he lands coming up next on Locked on Cardinals. 
MLB.com puts out their top five candidates for rookie of the year in the American League and the National League, and Jordan Walker is on the list. But over in the American League, let's start there just so you know who to keep an eye on. Uh, they've got third baseman Josh Young from the Rangers at number five, right-handed pitcher Hunter Brown from Houston at number four, first baseman Tristan Casas from Boston at number three. Number two is Logan O'Hoppy, catcher for the Angels. It's a great name, by the way. And uh, at, for, at number one, it's no surprise, shortstop Gunnar Henderson from the Orioles, who is their top prospect in all of Major League Baseball. Then on the National League side, at number five, you've got pitcher Kodai Senga from the uh, Mets, who is a rookie. Uh, number four, Ezekiel Tovar, shortstop from the Rockies. Number three, Miguel Vargas, the infielder for the Dodgers. At number two, Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker. And then number one, it's D-backs outfielder Corbin Carroll, who is the number two overall prospect in baseball, according to uh, MLB.com. Um, here is the write-up on Jordan Walker. This is what they have to say about him. He hasn't played above double-A, and the Cardinals are a loaded team, but I think his combination of hitting ability and power are very hard to ignore. I think he's also an asset in right field, where he moved from third base late last year because Nolan Arenado is third at St. Louis and isn't going anywhere. For a guy who is 6'5", 250 pounds, he's pretty athletic. We all saw him in the fall league, and I wouldn't have guessed 250. It's a, a lean. It's like a lean 250, if that makes sense, and he's just such a physical athlete. And he's got a big-time arm in right field. I just think he's going to make a very good impression in camp. And even if he doesn't make the opening day roster, I just don't think they'll be able to keep him in AAA for too long. A lot of good stuff there. A lot of great praise for Jordan Walker. Uh, they mentioned his size, and um, I just wanted to show some pictures. So this was during the uh, Cardinal Caravan uh, over the offseason. On YouTube, you can see the picture here. Look how big Jordan Walker is compared to these people. Like, he is just a large man. And here's a picture of him with uh, manager Ali Marmel from uh, spring training this year. And he just destroys Ali. Like, look how little Ali is compared to Jordan Walker. You got Tyler O'Neill and his massive arm in the background. But what, what O'Neill's what, 5'10", 5'11"? And Jordan Walker is just a monster. And he's 20. We're not sure if he's done growing yet at 20 years old. Probably not. He's probably got a couple more years in him. And um, he's just a massive guy. Huge guy. Um, and when he talks about a, a lean 250, when you're that big, 250 doesn't look all that bulky. It just doesn't. You have to be pushing like 275 to really show mass on a frame that is as big as Jordan Walker's. Um, a lot of folks are picking him to be the rookie of the year. Uh, especially, uh, you know, at least a finalist, but a lot of people think he'll win the award. Not everyone is as high on Jordan Walker. There are some people who think a bit less of him, not that he stinks, but that he's maybe not as high as everybody else. Like Fangraphs just released its prospects ranking. They've got him at number 12 overall. ESPN's got him at number 14. Although ESPN did compare Jordan Walker to Pete Alonzo, which if, if Jordan Walker ends up being Pete Alonzo, I am completely fine with that because Pete Alonzo can mash. He just ripped 40 dingers last year, 131 RBIs. He's got a, a 53 home run season under his belt as well. I will take that every single day. If that's who Jordan Walker turns into productivity wise for the Cardinals, give me that. Give me all of that. I, I, I love it. But there is one thing that he has to do before any of this can happen. He's got to make the roster. 
So we're going to be watching uh, his development very closely this spring and do it with a lot of hope because in all honesty, if you think back, the Cardinals really haven't had a homegrown position player superstar in quite some time. We've had a lot of bad luck. Oscar Tavares was set to be the next big thing as an outfielder and showed glimpses of it when he got onto the major league roster, dies tragically in the car accident. Colby Rasmus never lived up to the hype, although he was part of that big trade with the Toronto Blue Jays that helped bring a title to St. Louis. Uh, J.D. Drew, solid, not a superstar. I wouldn't put him in the superstar level. Solid ball player, though. He was part of a pretty big trade. Adam Wainwright, anybody? Uh, even pitching-wise, we've dealt with disappointment from guys like Rick Ankiel. All of a sudden, can't throw the ball over the plate. Who does that happen to? It happened to the Cardinals. It sucks. It's a bummer. Had those issues. Derailed his career as a pitcher. Had to move to the outfield and was a very serviceable player, but um, not the top left-handed pitcher in all of baseball that we all thought he was going to be. Alex Reyes. Couldn't stay healthy. He's now with the Dodgers. They traded for Wainwright because people are giving me crap that I, I was bashing on Wainwright a little bit. I, I wasn't bashing on him, but I, I guess I kind of failed to realize when, when I was talking about uh, getting an ace for the team. And I didn't realize how good Wainwright's strikeouts numbers during his like prime, how good they were from like 2009 to 2014. And I apologize because Adam Wainwright's strikeouts numbers were way higher than I actually thought. Maybe it's just because he's been around so long. I don't remember him striking out that many people, but he did. So kudos to all of you who called me out for not giving Wainwright uh, more credit. But um, as far as homegrown talent, they had to trade to get Adam Wainwright. He didn't come up through their system. They didn't draft him. So I don't consider him homegrown talent. So the last real superstar we've had that was homegrown talent, Albert Pujols. Really? Albert Pujols. So I, in my eyes, I think it would be very poetic that uh, the year after Albert retires, the next major homegrown superstars wearing a Cardinals uniform is born in Jordan Walker. We'll see if, if it happens or not. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. If you haven't already done so, do me a favor. I would appreciate it if you could like and subscribe on YouTube. When you click that like button, which takes all of the snap of a finger, it helps generate other Cardinals fans to find us. And you guys have been amazing as far as getting the word out there. We have grown in numbers and they continue to grow and I love it. But there's more Cardinals fans out there looking for something to listen to. We want to be the home for that. So do me a favor, hit the like, hit the subscribe button, follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You can always get a hold of me on Twitter at either one of those. I'm always ready to chat and I'm working on getting the uh, the email back up. Uh, we're going we're gonna to work on that as well. So that's coming as well. All right. You're the best fans of baseball for a reason. I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. 